Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, hello there, Super Ninfrendos. What's going on? I am your host, Seth Mason. This is episode three, or excuse me, 636 of Nintendo Voice Chat, the only good Nintendo podcast. Oh. Uh, with us today is the community manager for the best community and therefore the best community manager, Jada Griffin. Hey, community Ooh. leader, Seth Ooh, Macy. The best leader. leader. 
leading mm-hmm. the best community it's the best community leader uh pair i don't have anything honorific to bestow on you so i will just say pear schneider i was gonna say episode 300 something i think i've been personally been on 300 at least so at least yeah, yes your, your count is off there mr macy i what look there's a six a three and a six they're all divisible by three that is very hard for me to parse in my brain because all i love um digits that are divisible by three there you go put that in the seth macy wiki if there like is it. one which i don't think that there is and Update. updating right now a brand new introduction industry legend slash ign's new executive editor of news cat bailey well thank you seth and also i want to add another title to my list editor of seth macy's wiki page oh see before i okay. only knew you by your ip address so this is this explains <laughs> yeah. a lot uh, how so, do you find the time <laughs> I, that's why she's the industry legend so this week we are wondering about a few things like does Nintendo need an achievement system? How about Nintendo VR? We also premiere a new segment called Rapid Rank. Answer your questions in questions block. But first, I want to know how you all doing today. <laughs> the way yeah. you said it, I was going to sing a song from The Little Mermaid. <laughs> I want to know the world. All right, where the keep people going. are. Oh, well, there we well, go. Sorry, what was the question? Well, I uh, you haven't been on the show for a while, and I'm oh. just... Presumably, that's because you have been playing Mario plus Rabbits because you like it a lot. I have been. I've I've been traveling. I've been to New York and LA and all of that. But I'm I'm back now. So thank you for um for welcome back. Awesome we missed you. Yes, in and and filling my seats. Um, I've been playing Mario plus Rabbits on the plane a lot too. I'm about like I think I'm almost forty hours in. I think it's great. I love it. I think it's a it's a wonderful game. Yes, the Switch is showing its age when you're running around in the overworld. Um. I'm in love with uh, with the uh, uh, the rabbits. Surprisingly, I thought they would be really grating and annoying. And like I, you know, lots of people always say like I love the game despite the rabbits, but I actually think they they really add something unique to it. Like I crack up, I crap up, I crack up, not crap up. That'd be really bad. <laughs> <laughs> whenever whenever <laughs> rabbit peach, quote. whenever rabbit peach is attacked, and she goes, don't. It's so dark. I I love I love the voice samples. Um, I love that Rabbit Rosalina is kind of like this this annoyed bookish teenager who says, ah, "I was gonna read." Whenever you uh, have a go into action, it's it's a super charming game, and I'm really impressed how it moves the sort of the turn based strategy g- game genre forward by making the battle so fast. Right? If you go yeah. back to I love XCOM, I love turn-based games, Tactics Ogre, all of that, but there's a lot of slow moving of units and turning them the right direction and like going into the menus. This is like bam, bam, bam. It's like what Pikmin did to RTS games. Um, this game does for turn-based and, and I love it. I think it's so good. Well, Have it's you... kind of, I was gonna say, it's like even going from the first Rabbits to this one, like it's so much quicker um, in the pacing just because of the movement. Um, just because it's not like you're not forced to land on a specific grid, you can kind of maneuver. Yeah. And and I think anybody who's holding out because they say I'm not into turn-based strategy, think of it more like a, a like a Mario RPG sequel. It really is where like the mm. the battles, like in Paper Mario, every Paper Mario game varied the combat system, and it was always kind of a mix between 
issuing commands but also action prompts and this game is the same way where you know you're when you're hovering you're attacking an enemy mario can butt stomp down you have to initiate that so you there's still action in the turn-based stuff but the game really gets out of the way of the sort of like the the systems like when you know you can position your units to jump off of each other your your characters and like it shows you a little barrier when you get to the edge of anybody's kind of move zone um to to really help you strategize it I, I I think this is wonderful. I um I'm I'm constantly surprised at the sort of fancy uh, service embedded in it too. The characters, the sound effects, right? Like the like the blue coins, the way they sound. Like oh, it, it it really so feels like a, a Nintendo game, which is just lovely. Yeah, I was gonna ask, have you beaten it? You no, no, just... I'm not. I'm not done yet. Wow, thirty hours. You haven't. Remember, every week I have to go back into games like Forza Horizon because they keep on adding more cars, and it's an obsession at this point. Plus, <laughs> a little thing called Bayonetta also came out, and I've been playing. Oh. Di- I've been playing Dire Vengeance, which is this um, indie game that two developers worked on for more than six years. That's an homage to the more linear days of Castlevania. So, kind of what like was a the side name of that Dire Vengeance. Dire Vengeance. Yeah, it's um, it came out on Steam a year ago, and it just hit Switch a couple of days ago in October. Um, and it's yeah, it's like oh. this uh, yeah, it's yes. like a very Castlevania side scroller, combat focused um action game. Yeah, hmm. wow, it's like very Symphony of the Night looking with that sword action. It is, yeah, and it, it runs it runs at sixty frames per second. It's just a lovely kind of throwback game. Um, it's tough. Um, but uh, and so it, it, has this, it has this heavy metal soundtrack that um, you know that that's pretty Sweet. kicking. I, I'm digging it so far. Still very early in this game. Right on. Um, for Mario Plus Rabbids, where does it sit in your personal game of the year list, if at all? Mm, let me uh, let me go to IGN and access my playlist uh, while while you talk amongst yourself. You know, so you can go to ign.com slash playlist and do your own playlist. You can also go to ign.com slash rewards and see what rewards you get just for signing up to be a member of ign.com. Yep, yep. Such a, so, such a wonderful segue. I know. So <laughs> let me look. So I keep track of everything. I got my top 10 games of 2022. Uh, there you go. Scroll down, scroll down. There's a uh, best uh, top. What is it? Uh, it's called Pairs Top Ten Games of 2022. It's the second to last list there. Thank you, Red, with the browser. Oh, I didn't know you had this this power. So uh, anyone can do this and rank their games. So far, Tunic is number one. But obviously, I'm yes. playing Bayo now. I'm playing uh, Mario Plus Rabbits and other games. And you know, there. It's not just about Nintendo. Uh, this tunic game has been on there because I played the uh, played it on Xbox. I don't see Elden Ring. Did you Ooh, not yeah, play it, or did you just not enjoy it? I it's one of those games that where I need the Christmas vacation to go back to and really get deep. I started and I got annoyed at the kind of the typical obtuseness of From's games. Oh. Um, I love the look and the sound and everything about it. So I I need time to really go back into it. But so far, I it would not be fair to put it on this list so far. So okay. Um, but God of War is almost out. So, you know, there might be other multi-platform games jumping into this list. Right now, I would put Mario Plus Rabbits pretty high. I think I'd put it in my top top seven. Wow. Yep. Mm. Right. Yeah. Would you put it ahead of Splatoon 3? Ooh. Uh, no. 
Xenoblade looks to be the king for you this I year. Think, I think revisiting this list, uh, I think Forbidden West is going to get a little lower. I feel like it drags. Yeah. You know? I so I actually, I actually think I actually like Kirby better than Horizon Forbidden West. I Kirby's a, an amazing game. And then yep. Gran Turismo just pisses me off because the economy what? is so broken. It's, oh, it's okay. just that is fair it's, it's just every time I go back, I love a lot about it. I, I, I love the Gran Turismo games, but it's like it's just it's honestly predatory. It's the way the economy is set up. It's just not fair. I haven't because... visited it since it launched, and I know they had issues at launch. Has it gotten worse? No, it just no. hasn't gotten better because <laughs> yeah, okay. you know if you if you finished all the cafe missions, they added more more missions later. But the cars that you need to assemble are very costly, and so now you're really getting into the grind of having to to race uh, do races over and over just to be if able to afford a car that you might not even want to drive, but you want to finish your cafe missions, and that's not fun. That's not wow. you know like there's a happy medium be between. Forza Horizon, which is the Oprah of racing games that throws cars at you like every two minutes, <laughs> um, and Gran Turismo, where it would be nice to work hard to own awesome cars, but not to own, you know, not to just check something off. Anyway, sorry about the tangent for people who are not into racers, but um, yeah, Mario oh, Plus Rabbits is, is right up there. Okay. Well, I'm into racers, so I appreciate that. I was going to suggest getting a racing wheel, the Fanatec. Racing wheels are pretty fantastic, and um, man, that changes the what whole thing. What game can you play with it on the Switch, though? Well, you could play. Uh, you could set your Switch on top of it and play any of them. So oh wait, there you go. Hot Wheels Unleashed is actually on the Switch. Um, and is it? The, yeah, and the that. and yeah, and the the port is actually not bad. Um, you know, I, obviously the other console versions are better, but if you're looking for if you're racing starved and you've got a Switch and you uh you already finished everything else um unleash is pretty good okay I dig it all right and that that was on your game of the year list as well so no that was the oh. dlc for forza horizon <laughs> of course it was unleash right. is good but it's not it's not top 10. okay cat have you been playing anything that you would consider game of the year material well, Seth, first i'm going to need you to photoshop a game box forza horizon 5 game of the year edition it's the Oprah of racing games, IGN. <laughs> just, yeah, okay. I will Photoshop that. It's a good accolade. Yep. <laughs> uh, well, I don't play video games anymore because I'm a Marvel's. Marvel Snap is taking me over my life, and it's making me make bad decisions. Um, okay. At the moment, Marvel Snap it's a, a video game. Marvel Snap counts as a game. Get that yeah. out of here. Yeah, that's true. Would you true. would you put that on Switch and maybe fill in people who haven't played it? I mean, yeah, sure. Um, yep. it's a free to play game. Uh, it would probably work well on Sna Switch. I really like the the touch, the touch screen, but it would probably work just fine. I, maybe you would want to have a crossplay with it, but yeah, mm. it would be a be a perfectly fine uh, Nintendo Switch game. Um, they never Blizzard never ported Hearthstone or anything to any of the other consoles. So, so weird. Yeah, yeah. I never hindsight. understood that. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Uh. I'm only like level 39 or so in Marvel Snap, as opposed to Jada, who is just uh, how many? What level are you, Jada? Uh, last I checked was 922. Like, what? Level. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I got access. So are you in the vibranium level? <laughs> I am. I am. Yes. I'm. Uh, I'm actually the unobtainium level. Wow. Um, <laughs> i uh i got access i pre-registered so i got access during the beta like a month or two ago so i've been playing a lot longer than everybody else on staff so 
that's just uh, okay. time invested. Um, I did hit like, I think like the ranking wise, like nineties before the last two season, the lot, the first season ended. Um, and so I've just been working my way back up in this newest season. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's, if I remember correctly, it's from one of the Hearthstone developers. Um, so yeah, that's Ben Broad. Yep. So it's got a lot of that Hearthstone energy. So if you liked Hearthstone, you'll probably really like Marvel Snap, especially if you're a Marvel fan. Um, all the cards have really cool animations. When you play Ant-Man, he like shrinks down and then regrows when you when you actually drop him. If you hold uh, Cyclops, like he sends an optic blast across the screen, just as long as you hold the card. There's really cool stuff. And there's a ton of like deck diversity um, that you can really build around. <clears throat> I'm building a real. I'm playing a really cool like summoning deck right now that utilizes uh, Lockjaw, Jubilee, White Tiger, um, and a bunch of other you know somewhat deep cuts from the Marvel uh, universe. Um, it's very so. accessible, and I played a lot of Hearthstone. Actually, I used to get on a treadmill and have my phone and just go through the arenas in Hearthstone. And the thing that I got tired of at a certain point was that it just felt very pay to win. I mean, you were talking mm. about predatory microtransaction mechanics pair. Like yeah. every new season, you had to buy 200 packs, basically, yeah. in order to get some good decks going in that game. And there's a point where I was just like, I, this, this doesn't work for me anymore as a free-to-play game. And I bounced. And there was power creep, and there were too many weird keywords and everything. Mm. The things that I like about Marvel Snap, um, first of all, you earn everything through the, uh, the season pass model. Yes, there's like payable season pass, but I think it's all cosmetic for the most part. And I'm not enough of a um, a Marvel fan to really there, care about the variants. So there there are a few like early unlocks for certain cards. Like this season is the symbiote season, um, and so if you f- buy the premium pass when you hit level fifty, I believe you unlock Miles Morales for free um, instead of having to get him out of a random drop from b- going through your collection. Level. I see. Okay, so um, that's how they do it. Yeah, but I mean, everything else though is pure in the season pass is purely cosmetic. It's credits to you use to upgrade your cards. It's gold bars that you can use to buy variants of the cards or refresh missions or um, buy credits. Um, and then um, there are variants. I think I said that already. And then there's just like those that specific card at fifty. It's one card per season. Um, okay, I got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they're they're pretty generous with their rewards in a way that Hearthstone wasn't. And I like that the decks are a lot smaller than they were in Hearthstone. And it makes me feel a lot more comfortable with just experimenting rather than playing with random meta decks. And it's actually been really great because I feel like I'm learning the actual mechanics um, kind of my own. And because I'm building the decks with a lot of intentionality, I know how how I want the decks to work. And I feel like I'm being better as uh, as a result and i'm about to get to gold and i feel like i, I can keep climbing with this game so yeah. um unfortunately it also has me playing until two in the morning which is maybe mm. a little unsustainable so i need to uh i need to dial it back just just a hair <laughs> but marvel have, snap get, is no joke on my top 10 list of the year let's have, let's get it on switch i know i was gonna i have one question about it but first i just wanted to real quickly mention to everyone listening nothing happened in nintendo this week that's why we're talking about <laughs> a bunch of games Nintendo. came out, but like yes. Bayonetta three and Mario plus rabbits. Yes. But as far as like, um, you know, news video game or, news, but, yeah. uh, for Marvel snap, I'm like a very interested cat. You've never 
like led me astray when it comes to recommendation we started watching house of the dragon because you said it was good and like obviously you were right i didn't think i would like elden ring at all and it turns out that is probably my game of the year but i am a huge huge fan of silver age marvel like aesthetic is there any of that in this and can i have a deck that's just like jack kirby uh marvel art it's all over the place honestly but uh there are plenty of variants out there and there's some pretty cute ones so i have to imagine that they'll work in the silver age uh, from here to there so i love i love all the like the first like 20 issues of fantastic four they're (laughs) so just ridiculous over the top corny 1960s type of stuff so look all all that matters is that i've got a squirrel girl card and that she's usable and that i can have carnage eat the squirrel and get powered up Mm. I don't know why, but that makes me laugh every single time. Or putting Squirrel Girl in the Hulkbuster, pretty fun. So okay, I just All like right. I'm, I put rocks in my Hulkbuster, and it works just fine. <laughs> <laughs> just fill it full of rocks. <laughs> well, I haven't played anything I would consider my. Well, no, I take that back. Uh, I haven't played Bayonetta three enough. I started it. And uh, I am enjoying it a lot. Weirdly, I'm not enjoying it as much as uh, I did with Bayonetta 2 right off the bat. Like Bayonetta 2, like that first level, like just grab. And I mm. loved I loved just playing that first level and like trying to beat my my time or my score over and over again. This one, Bayonetta 3, not quite as much, although I'm still like enjoying it and I love it. <laughs> I like quite a bit. I, you're you're treading on eggshells. Like I think the beginning of Bayonetta is really bad of Bayonetta three. I think it's way, way too much watching and not enough doing. Well, I will say this in Bayonetta's defense versus another game mm-hmm. that review just dropped. Um, at least it doesn't have quick time events to make you advance okay. the cutscene. So right, um right. we're I talking know. about Sonic Frontiers, right? No? <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. No? <laughs> yeah. But I uh, like I, I I don't know I am I the only one who just kept on thinking can I please just play like no, I and then that for this yeah. game and the other big huge game, okay all more right, so right. for the other one because at least this one doesn't take itself seriously um what was I gotcha. gonna say about it oh yeah so I'm enjoying it but I also had to review the um, Call of Duty multiplayer which I do every year um, because I'm basic and yeah that is the best Call of Duty multiplayer I've played in a long time it's oh, not like good. perfect but it's very very good very solid very fun highly customizable I believe weren't uh, Activision talking about bringing Call of Duty back to Switch in the future or at least yeah, like yeah Phil Spencer said I want to have Call of Duty on Switch and we've had some weird Call of Duties over the years yeah. uh, there was a Call of Duty on uh, I want to say GBA Yes, there was mm-hmm. at a certain point. We had uh, we, 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 we we motion controls too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, was it the yes. reflex edition or whatever that was? There was a yeah. Black Ops on Wii U of all consoles, and actually wasn't too bad for the Not most right. part. So, oh, there's uh, there's a history. <laughs> there's some of my gameplay footage. Watch this. I get these two right here. Yeah, pow, pow, pow. Look at me. Oh I'm my god, them up. Such, and then watch this. Such a god. Watch this. Oh, <laughs> I, wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't watching my back. So, yep. um, well, yeah, give I, me. Give me a give me a, a turn based Call of Duty in the style of Mario and Rabbits, and I'll play. <laughs> I mean, we did. There was um for GameCube. There was like an alternate. There was the Call of Duty Big Red One, which wasn't mm-hmm. like Call of Duty. So I mean, it and, makes sense. And I know that Phil Spencer just wants to make like way more money. 
yeah. putting it on Switch makes. Well, he also wants the purchase to go through, and like, he, there's been a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, 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 hand wringing over what happens if Call of Duty goes Xbox exclusive and, and PC exclusive, and so some of that that sort of well. As far as I know, is to counter those fears and make it seem like Microsoft would be would not be a monopoly with these big publishers, right? If you're playing Call of Duty on anything other than PC, though, I mean, come on, like I think that Call of Duty Mobile could work well on the Switch. Um, At the moment, you can get oh, that's it plays pretty well with Backbone. It's actually one of the most popular games in the world. I, I don't I don't know that much about it, but it feels like a better. Uh, fit for the Nintendo Switch than say a full-blooded Warzone 2 release yeah. because you can't mm. do crossplay in the Nintendo Switch and obviously the graphics are nowhere near possible of keeping up. So if you're going to turn it into its own ecosystem, FIFA kind of showed that that's not going to work because people are going yeah. to go to the other places where it's actually good. So I think well, that a Switch version would have to be like Call of Duty Mobile. Well, and and I think it hinges upon, like, if Overwatch 2 was as popular as Fortnite on Switch, obviously it'd be a different story and, and mm-hmm. Activision would be paying closer attention. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, look, my, my answer to all of this is always, I would love games developed for Switch that are designed for the platform rather than you know rather than trying to kind of shoehorn games that are advancing on on modern tech um and and that are being downgraded where we always have to talk about like well if you don't have any other machine then consider it yeah um and that's what we're seeing with games like overwatch too right like even very blurry a game like tunic Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which seems like it should be a pretty easy lift for the nintendo switch has to you know frame rate is cut in half and there's a lot of fuzzy edges that uh, damn tegra processor they need a better processor (laughs) yes that is a very old and and, you know they let's be honest too like the age of the port teams has you know things have changed over the years you used to in the days you used to have companies that were really good at porting games from one piece of hardware to the next and had their own engines like think think of the age of like eurocom and companies like that that were really good at taking arcade games and getting them to run on consoles and like they've been a couple like panic button but then they got acquired right and Mm. and so you know, some of that is also playing against uh, against right now. Um, the studio that did Nier Automata did a great job. Actually. Yeah, Nier. I heard Nier is really good. Yeah, yeah. I I think that with the I, I think back to the days of the Wii when you used to get a game that was designed specifically for the Wii. Like I think um, Sonic Colors, maybe. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. That kind of thing. So they yeah. would just be there would be the Xbox 360 version, and then there would be the Wii version. It would be designed specifically for the platform, and maybe maybe that's just too much of a lift in terms of resources and that kind of. Thing. Mm. During I, the I Game Boy Advance and DS day, that happened all the time, right? Like there'd mm-hmm. be always a 2D version of a popular 3D release, and like in some cases, the games were actually really good. In many cases, it was just to have a skew on shelves for the yeah. handhelds as well, and the games weren't that good. But yeah, look, it's. Uh, Activision played around with concepts around Call of Duty as a third-person action game in the past, but it would be it would be really cool to see some some Switch-specific games in these series because the name recognition is big, and I gotta imagine a competently made game will sell really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We shall see. It 
Yep. Honestly, I don't think we'll get a Call of Duty on the Switch as we have it now. I think maybe next generation we'll see some Call of Duty action on whatever comes next. But this year I decided I actually wanted to like follow hockey a little bit more than just the most casual of casuals. So I subscribed to a service that streams all of the NHL to your television. Uh, the Boston Bruins home opener. I went to watch it and boom. Blackout restrictions apply, which I thought was kind of ridiculous because I'm still 200 miles away from Boston, but whatever. Had I had NordVPN, that wouldn't have been a problem. I would have just gone in, changed my settings to another geographic area, and boom, I could have been watching all the Boston Bruins home games like it was nothing at all. So now I have NordVPN, and I can watch the home games of my local teams streaming without being frustrated. It's the same thing with, like, Netflix. It has all these complicated licensing rules, which from one country to another don't really make sense. So something you could watch on South Korean Netflix, you won't be able to watch on the United States Netflix unless NordVPN, boom, switch to South Korea, and you're watching whatever Korean drama that you want I highly recommend you do that. I haven't done it myself, but people seem to enjoy them. And who am I to try to bring down people's enjoyment? Uh, NordVPN, more than just entertainment and sports availability, it's going to protect you, especially when you're traveling, when you're using public Wi-Fi. People are trying to get in there. They're creeping on you. Bad actors, people trying to steal your password, your bank account details. Who knows what the government's doing these days? I can't keep track. They're all over the damn place. NordVPN... It's going to protect you. It's going to protect up to six devices because I know you have at least that many devices in front of you right now that can hook up to the internet. Boom. Fastest VPN in the world. You're not going to get any buffering. You're not going to get any lagging. Uh, it's going to stop your ISP from bandwidth throttling, which they do. That's kind of sneaky, especially how much you're paying those guys. There's threat protection to protect you from viruses and malicious malware and whatever else. Uh, um unsavory actors are out there. If you want to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash NintendoVC. That's nordvpn.com slash NintendoVC. Victor Charlie. Uh, that link is also going to give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There is no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nice of them, and I appreciate that. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Jada, and welcome to the show. By yeah. the way, your hair looks awesome. Thank you. It's, it's the Splatoon do. That's the, right. The I went all in on. Yeah. I went all in on Splatoon three. <laughs> Wait, it's a perfect match. <laughs> this way around, right? There you there go. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Perfect. Yeah, good. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been kind of diving a lot into Splatoon three. That's really up there for my list this year. Um, I've been playing a little game called God of War Ragnarok. Um, I really oh, yes. just went live today. Um, I might have referenced that. Uh, you might have earlier. referenced that. Um, I think right now that is my my game of the year for the uh, for 2022 is God of War Ragnarok. It is just okay. Like wow. 
steps above 2018 everything like it's got the emotion there's so much more to the characters like it's just it evolved the franchise or not the franchise but the newer setup in different ways that i wasn't expecting and ways that i was expecting and hoping it would go so like i got my eight my cake and got to eat it too with god of war ragnarok which is well, damn. so i'm very happy with that one can't wait for that one yeah uh when does that one come to switch Mm. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know when we're in, getting that one. In the multiverse, anything the, is possible. When yeah, I'm get, looking where, forward to it being on the Steam the, Deck. When we go back in time and we get the Nintendo PlayStation. I was just going to, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's when we get it. <laughs> well, dang. Um, right. But yeah, no, that's my big one. Um, I haven't gotten a chance to start Bayonetta 3 just because I've been, I've been so in on God of War, but I'm really excited to jump into that. Same with Rabbids. Uh, like there's just so many good stuff. Like the Switch has had an amazing year this year, and then we've got yes. Pokemon still next, like in two weeks. I took yep. the week off after Pokemon because I'm going to just keep <laughs> playing Pokemon. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll still I'll be around. You guys can message me for tips, but <laughs> I will be <laughs> I will be so deep playing uh, Pokemon and trying to catch them all and be the best. Which one are you I getting? Was. I am getting. Uh, I think it's Violet. I'm getting. Violet's the one with the female professor, correct? Yep. Yes. Yep. So does that mean? Uh, yeah, the Violet past. hair. No, yeah. Scarlet. Scarlet's the one with the female professor. So they're Scarlet. kind of they're messing with me because I oh. that's the one I want yes. in my game, but I'm going yes. to get Pokemon Violet. That's just how. It's wow. That's right. Yes, I wanted Violet, but I'm getting Scarlet for that professor. So All right. going for the past I'm motif playing... versus the future motif. I'm playing Scarlet. I'm playing Scarlet Hollow. It's for me. It'll be whichever one my kids don't want to play. That ah, I get. Yeah, but all right. I've uh, had this like I've had this like dream for Pokemon. Like they're starting to like kind of pick up on this, and you know Nintendo, if you're watching, you know feel free to take this idea. Send me some money. But like I would love the idea when you start out your Pokemon journey, you have kind of these different pathways you can choose to to go on. So yes, you can go your kind of standard, become the Pokemon master conquer all the gyms, blah, blah, blah. But I would also love a, brand, uh, a a story pathway where you're trying to be the best breeder. So like going full Brock from the anime and like you're just, you have all these challenges to breed these specific Pokemon with specific stats. And like, and then that can kind of help pump into the ecosystem for the online trade network. Okay. Um, then there's another one where it's all about the fashion shows. They can bring the fashion shows back. They can do a whole adventure set that kind of mixes in some of Arceus and uh, the mystery dungeon like kind of gameplay style where it's more kind of action adventure heavy like they're like i would love to see something like that in the pokemon world to where like everybody's experience is different but you have a way to kind of link and help each other out via the online network all right hey on the Nintendo, top please we want more pokemon husbandry yes <sighs> pokemon. yes Hey, on the on the topic of Scarlet versus Violet, I actually was curious about that. I pulled um, our traffic stats for October um, the, uh, yesterday and to look at the most popular games that haven't come out yet by user traffic. And Scarlet is consistently ahead of Violet um, oh, on okay. IGN when it comes to like users looking up specifically information searching for those games. Now, do you think that's just because Scarlet comes first? Like it's I've always introduced it as Pokemon Scarlet, Pokemon Violet possibly but i i think i think to users maybe uh, when users search i think there are they usually search for one versus the other mm. um and i think scarlet i don't know maybe red's just cooler than purple 
<laughs> I'm curious, like which generation or in which generation the there was the dominant version and was it always the first one in the title? Oh, oh that's a mm. gold and silver, gold. Yeah. Red and blue. Ruby and sapphire, yeah. ruby. Yeah, it might be, right? Like it's X and just, y, I think the blue I think the blue and the sapphire uh, were maybe equally popular, but definitely gold, black, mm. X, sun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All more popular maybe. Yeah. yeah. What's up with that? <clears throat> well, since I'm Sword. a contrarian, I'll just get the least popular one. So get the get the second one on the list, and then everybody will want to trade with you. That's yep. true. Little uh, little friend tip there if you want to make friends at the playground or at work if you work in the game industry. <laughs> that is our playground. Popular. That is true. <laughs> that is where we all play Foursquare. I don't know if anybody plays Foursquare anymore. I played Foursquare. Nope. It was fun back in the day. Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah. All right, cool. I thought that was I thought that was like a uh, like a northeastern thing. All right, hey, uh, we'll just have to get you out to SF so we can all we'll all play some Foursquare. I don't remember the rules of Foursquare at all. I just remember there was some shady like dealings around who who got to be the captain every time. It was always like the popular kid, and it wasn't necessarily because they were more athletic. But anyway. we'll all play Foursquare, and that's how the entire cast of NBC tears their ACLs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that'll be a very special episode of NBC where we're all in the San Francisco hospital. A lot more time to play video games. Yes. That is true. And the Switch is one of the best consoles for that. There it is. And I heard you get ice cream if you go to the hospital. (laughs) No other way to get to get ice cream. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know what I'm talking about. That's true. I think No, it's not true at all. You can get ice cream in any ice cream. You get liver sandwiches. (laughs) Liver and onions. Look! With Look, it's for the wiki how on how to play Foursquare. (laughs) Oh man. See that was me getting like I remember now Captain got to like make a rule every round and they would make some stupid like no double bounce and oh yeah. Okay. Uh, this didn't exist when I was in school. We just punched each other on the arm. We did that too. I guess I was at a transitional period between okay. uh, <laughs> arm punching and Foursquare. Got so, it. Speaking of transitions, I've been trying to transition to one of our topics, but I have not been doing doing it well. But I'm just going to do it right now. PlayStation VR 2 was announced this week. $559. It looks um, pretty good, but I don't know if I'm that interested in a VR system that has that many wires. Um, however. <laughs> People want to know. I want to know. Does Nintendo need to do VR? I mean, MetaQuest Pro, $1,500. <laughs> Slightly more popular than you might think for a device that's actually not designed for gaming. But if you haven't played with like the MetaQuest 2, that's a really cool little device. In fact, I would say as f- that other than their PCs, my kid's probably favorite uh, way to play video games is on the MetaQuest 2. So, I, yeah, I, I have the I have the MetaQuest uh, 2 as well, and I'm not going to buy a Pro because I'm, I'm no. not a... I don't work well, in CAD design. Really, it's for work. That's it, the... It's to test making, out... They're yeah. making a 3. It's a consumer version. The Pro yes, is exactly. meant for, I don't know, companies? Yes, yeah, it's meant to have meetings in the Metaverse. But but it, it's definitely for development, but it's like future tech, right? Eventually, it'll be cheap enough to be for the consumer versions to be better than the, the Pro with the PSVR 2. So I own the PSVR 1. Yes. I had huge issues with that one. Um, you know, I love my, I love my PlayStation 5. 
Um, but I don't, I don't think I'm going to jump on it unless the software that's exclusive for it is so good that I can't resist. Um, the, you know, the, the challenges I had with the first one is like, it had a lot of drifting in my Mm -hmm. setup. You know, I had it hooked up, uh, uh, in, in in a room with a projector, it couldn't deal with it. You know, the way it tracks movement, reflections and everything just kept yeah. on drifting. It was a pain in the ass. And there was there was nothing I could do to fix it. I contacted support so many times. Um, so did not love the VR one. But also, I with VR, I have a hard time playing VR for a long time. And it's not just because certain games make me queasy. Um, I love the concept of playing racing games and feeling like I'm sitting in the car. And then I realized that it wasn't like sitting in a real car and I would get queasy. Whereas like games where you kind of move by picking your point, like I have no problem with it. And I really love puzzle games when you're interacting with a virtual world, like the Star Wars stuff and and everything that we had on the quest. Um, So for me, it's always a 30 minutes to an hour kind of experience. And then I got to move on. And I really like, like, there's some really cool stuff in VR, and it does feel really impactful and unique. But the games are not yet as clever as, you know, like when we went from 2D consoles to 3D consoles and like it opened up this world, still a lot of the the experiences in VR are centered around like kind of manipulation of things and and they haven't yet opened up. So... To answer your question, sorry about the long-winded intro, but like I would love to see a company like Nintendo play in VR because like Nintendo is a company that didn't just give us Super Mario 64 and drove 3D games forward and you know yeah. figured out controls for 3D adventure games. They also made stuff like Wii Fit and like all these mm-hmm. different, you know, exploration exploration or animal crossing crossing games that we didn't like we didn't think would be fun and turned into huge hits. And like, I would love to see Nintendo really kind of apply its its smarts in the VR world, but I don't see them doing it for Other multiple reasons. Labo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Labo is like, that's a playful kind of concept of them dabbling in, in, their, in, in that realm. But like Nintendo also had the 3DS with AR, right? Like, remember you could, yes, you could do like Face Raider and Face stuff. Raiders. And, like, that game. Mm-hmm. and so they, they already played around with some of those ideas and, and had some really cool ideas there. Um, but um, they also did the, the Virtual Boy. And, you know, they, I, I think Nintendo at this point is all about if there's too much friction with VR, it's not comfortable enough, it's not yet a thing, but Mm -hmm. if technology gets cheap enough for AR to be mass uh, mass consumer friendly, I do think they'll join in, but I I think they're gonna skip VR. Okay, all right. Kat, I'm interested in your take on Nintendo. Should they do VR? My cat take is that I think the the VR realm is actually kind of ripe for Nintendo. To step oh, in okay. Because uh, I think that Meta has done a good job of creating an affordable, lightweight headset, and there are actually a fair number of compelling VR experiences on there. I enjoyed putting it on, chilling out, um, playing a lot of rhythm games, especially Beat Saber. Oh my god, this is great! Yeah, so good. Relatively simple concepts, but very enjoyable. And Nintendo has a long history of repurposing technology, older technology, and turning it into something that works really well. And maybe the answer is to get away from this notion of hyper-realism and trying to capture 
uh, the reality of a situation and going for a much more stylized experience that makes use of the technology in really fun and original ways. So what I'm saying is that Nintendo could Game Boy VR. I was going to say, right, like the PSVR 2, just to be clear, you have to have a PS5, right? You yeah. connect it, you're tethered with a wire, and the PS5 is doing the heavy lifting. And the PSVR 2 has great resolution, beautiful graphics, and all of that. The Quest 2 is a standalone device, so it's like wearing your own personal Switch. So the resolution is 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 lower than the PSVR 2, but you don't have any of this, you know, impediment. Like, you're not tethered to something. like. What you're describing, Kat, would mean, though, that they would have to do the two-pillar strategy again. The Switch can't run a VR headset. No. And I would think that, I think standalone <laughs> VR headsets are the future, and yeah. that that would absolutely be the strategy that I would encourage Nintendo to pursue. But probably they're also looking at the market and being like, this is too niche. There's no way that we can make this like a mass market thing. And it's expensive, right? Like mm -hmm. yeah. Nintendo wouldn't be able to deliver a VR headset at the price that Meta is. Meta is losing well, money on that thing. added $100 to the price of the MetaQuest too. Because they're losing too much yep. on it. Well, right? that's where, and, you, that's where yeah. you undercut the MetaQuest and you put out <laughs> something more affordable and it has Nintendo characters in it. Yeah. yeah, but you can already, if they wanted to, they could do it with this thing. They could send you a cardboard headset, <laughs> Nintendo branded, and, and make, make some mobile games, but they, they haven't really dabbled with that outside of Labo. And Labo, you know, like the game experiences were very small and limited. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was just a, it was almost like a thought experiment with the Labo VR. Yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah. I think the closest thing we had to a Nintendo um, VR game was the Astro stuff that Sony did on the PSVR mm -hmm. 1, right? Like, yes, um, the Astro, Astro games Playroom. always. Astro is yeah. the most Nintendo thing that Sony has, without yeah. a doubt. It's, it's actually, it's kind of... It's the best unusual. Nintendo game on PlayStation 5 as well, the new Astro. It's Sony yep. out Nintendo, yeah. Nintendo yeah. with, a, yeah. with yeah. Astro for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jada, are you, uh, do you have any thoughts? I am a, yes, I'm a, like Kat pretty much took every point that I could I could even ever think of to come up with. Like I'm a huge VR uh, person. I've did a couple of I did a, a handful of VR reviews before I joined IGN. Um, so like I'm used to being in VR for four to six hours. So I'm all about having those longer experiences. And I think when you have the things that are more simplistic and more stylized, it's easier to stay in that than this hyper realistic, very fast paced moving thing that everybody else is doing already like and that's mm -hmm. the beauty of nintendo's nintendo is always always innovating and doing something different and playing by their own rules and there's no reason why they wouldn't do that when it comes to vr as well um i would love to see more of this stuff one of my favorite vr games is super hot um yes yeah, like, so good great like, game yep. i like i i remember playing super hot in the ign office and i would literally i literally rolled on the ground to dodge shots because <laughs> that's how extra i get in vr um and everybody else was looking at me like what is she doing like you don't have to do that and i was like i don't care that's what i'm doing i'd but... break bones doing that <laughs> <laughs> but like that's uh you know that's the beauty like with nintendo if we got it where it was like cordless and just like like our switch where we can just kind of take it on the go like the meta quest like it would just be a wonderful experience. It'd be so great. Like I 100% agree that like VR is headsets are going to be the way of the future. Like Kat was saying, like it's going to be there. I don't know when we're going to get there. If it's yeah. going to be in a time period when any of us are still playing games as much as we do currently. Um, 
Never but, stopping. What are you talking about? Oh, I mean, I'm going to keep going till I'm like 80, 90 years old. But Hell yeah. uh, I don't know if I'll be rolling around in VR at 80, <laughs> 90. <laughs> um, or, or at 50. Rolling around <laughs> at the speed of sound. You just VR. wait, exactly. Jada. <laughs> I will I, I will take you on that bet, Pear. 50 years old, I'm going to set up a cam, I'm going to be rolling and playing super hot. All right, it's I'll still be there. 50 years old, ladies and gentlemen. I'm 50. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, I, you, I love, I love the, your guys' positive outlook, but to me, uh, it, a two-pillar strategy means you get fewer Switch games, which means you get, like, it'll take even longer to get the next Mario and the next Zelda. But just, how cool I, I, would be if we got Metro Prime Four in VR? Air, I'd be well, barfing. Here, this actually, <laughs> uh, I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but some uh, Tracy Vincent in Question Block actually was advocating for the return of the 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 two pillar uh, Nintendo strategy because uh, he pointed out that we get these smaller gameplay experiences that are designed specifically with the handheld systems in mind. So we're Nintendo two have that two pillar we would get specific you know nintendo vr experiences my feeling is nintendo won't be doing vr for at least a decade probably longer than that i think vr is not going to see like massive adoption until the goggles are the size of like a like a sleep mask i actually think vr will never i don't think vr will ever be mainstream it's it's too restrictive ar will be um, being able to switch between having your having being fully immersed and seeing the outside world with alterations, I think, is much more mainstream friendly than wearing a headset where everything is blocked. Well, that's off, what I'm saying. You know? But but uh, if you're you know with computing power, once that thing is this you know just you don't even notice that it's there. Like the Quest or the yeah the Meta Quest that has those built-in cameras, the resolution's horrible, but you yeah. can just snap and you're back into the real world. I think um, it's not comfortable enough. Like, I, look, it, then, it will be. My, That's yeah. the thing. It will be. It when absolutely. It's, when it's uh, maybe when it's um, uh, contact lenses, which there, you know, there's some experiments with early experiments with with uh, AR contact lenses, which sounds nuts to no, me. No, I don't like I mean, that at all. The idea of putting on like sun, where's putting the on sunglasses would mm-hmm. be pretty cool. But yeah. yeah, I, 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 I kind of agree with Pear actually that maybe vr will always be a hobbyist thing it's found its niche yeah its niche is around among people who are doing fully immersive vr driving in their fake car flying in their fake spaceship that kind of thing and from that standpoint it's always been extremely compelling so uh, in that respect maybe vr has found its place and maybe we will get something like a metaverse Someday, I don't think it'll be Meta's metaverse. But... The, the immersion factor—I don't, like, don't want it to sound like I'm down on VR. Like when you're playing Star Wars in VR, it—it's crazy. I mean, it, yes. like it does. Yeah, like you look around, you look, you look at the cockpit, down and it's and, like yeah. you know, mm-hmm. it's like a childhood dream. I, I remember like when we first played, uh, what was it Eve Valkyrie at at E3, and like you're sitting in your seat and you turn around and the helmet is behind you, and it's like it's a it's a mind blowing experience when when you do it, or like a shark cage thing. Is, or imagine being cool. on a plane and being able to actually have li- decent lightweight headset with good battery life, and then you can just put it on. Yeah, and you're just relaxing. You know, but you're the, sitting in a a porch rather than on a plane. Then somebody steals your wallet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> on an airplane yes is this the thing that's It'll happened be... to you Perry? by then yeah, we won't... somebody <laughs> the stole my somebody stole my first switch on an airplane 
Oh my no God. way. Yeah. It's horrible. I know. And I wasn't even wearing goggles. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I very much disagree. I think that uh, VR will be the future of gaming. I don't see it happening soon, though. I think probably we're 15 years out from that. But, you know, you got to remember computers, which we all have more than one computer. Uh, we all have a computer in our pocket that was a niche hobbyist product for probably the first like 25 years of existence. Like from the mm -hmm. time that, you know, the Kim one and the Apple one, those were built by the nerdiest of nerds in their spare time. And up until like windows 95 computers were just a hobbyist thing. And now they're literally everywhere, everywhere we look. It's a, looking it's at one, a, two, everything, yeah. three, four. Everything is a technology question, right? And that's that's my point with VR. It's like it is it is a cool niche experience and it's awesome in an amusement park too, but it isn't yet as mainstream friendly. You know, it's like we we had mobile phones back in the 1970s, but you had to have a briefcase. That you had yeah, to have a briefcase so cool. tethered to a handset and only the FBI and CIA were able and to carry you, those yeah. things, right? And, and like stocks. And now Lots. the technology is so small that you can do everything on your phone that you can do on a uh, uh, on a computer, except for the, the input obviously is not as comfortable. And, you know, all of that stuff is going to be solved by technology in the future. And I do think, you know, AR, you know, or maybe you'll get a little port on the back of your neck and then you oh, don't have finally. any. finally. Oh, yeah. That's that's hey. what we all want, right? I want to learn Kung Fu. Yeah. Just give me the, just give me the uh, cyberpunk little uh, yeah. the, the jack. Right now, VR is what it's like a billion dollar industry, right? Like, so by comparison to overall gaming, uh, which is uh, approaching the $200 billion just software, global software market yeah. annually. VR is very small. It's a billion dollars, but you know mm -hmm. we'd all be happy to have a billion dollars. And um, analysts are saying in four by five, oh, four to five years, it will be up to twenty billion. So there, there is definitely open excitement <laughs> about the space. What are Red we watching? This is a this is I think from the Computer Chronicles. Red is showing a clip of uh, VR in the nineteen nineties. I, and, I yeah. love how I we VR. have a, the, the Matrix tentacles attached to it too. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god look at that frame rate that let guy me live in this world let me live in this world this is great oh. oh god look at the frame rate they must have been so sick after this if the metaverse was like this i would probably like sign up for like there's just That'd a, be a lot more fun wouldn't it yes. pterodactyls flying around good news zuckerberg's got something for you it's even got legs now oh man mm -hmm. this thing's I... got legs oh well, I want to blow up my coworkers like that. That'd be fun. Yeah, that, that's actually I, I've I've seen this clip because I just watch old clips, and I think there, he begins to talk about the ethical like implications of being able to shoot someone in VR, like um, which we don't consider now. <laughs> oh, and then the guy is so jacked. Oh, up. there goes John. Pterodactyl got no. him. Let's talk Sorry, about so to our listeners, we're watching very old VR footage that looks like it's pre-Sega virtual racing yeah, and like virtual fighting. Early flight. 1990s, yeah. and this is what we all thought the future was going to be in yes. the 1990s, and, and it, it totally came thankfully. true. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, geez, there's a pterodactyl right by my yep. window right now. Mm -hmm. So that you know that was a, a an obviously a, a very uh, good discussion that we just had, but that wasn't even the part where we're supposed to get really heated.
because we're introducing a new segment this week called Webate, where we debate. It's a Webate, where we debate. We <laughs> I've said it so many times. <laughs> it sounds like rebate. This was actually, uh, yes. This was a question that came in um, from another listener. Kelly Hoffer wanted to know, there was a debate in the Facebook group recently about achievement systems. Some believe the lack of an achievement system on the Switch is a limiting factor, a sign of laziness or anti-consumer mentality. Okay. Others think such a system dictates how a game is played, sometimes to the detriment of gameplay. And games that benefit from it can have it in-game, but not at the Nintendo account level. What do you think? So the topic of Webate today, does Nintendo need achievements? Jada, I would like to hear your thoughts on this does nintendo need an achievement system or are they bad and anti-consumer <laughs> so it's a very loaded question there yes and no it is achievement systems are great but they also have very so many it's so easy to fall on pitfalls you know anytime you have an achievement in a game that makes you play contradictory to what you actually should be doing in the game or is teaching you bad behaviors in the game those are bad achievements those are bad trophies those are those are bad um, especially if it's in a multiplayer game. Those are the worst ones. Oh, um, anytime yes. you've, um, you know, you have an online game and you have trophies, if you, if your service ends, then like those things become unaccessible to a large player base that may pick up the game down the road. Um, and for completionists, that is very painful to them. Um, I am a trophy hunter. I love collecting my trophies on PlayStation. Um, I've got like 120,000 gamer score on my Xbox. So like, I hunt for these things regularly. I wish Nintendo had something like this. I wish Nintendo also did their own spin on it. Um, the thing that first comes to mind for me is give me that Smash Brothers, uh, Super Smash Brothers Melee trophy collection where like mm. you do specific things. And as you just played through the game, you gave you got these little 3D figures that you could unlock and look at. I would love that to be Nintendo's trophy system. Give me these little trophies that unlock maybe profile picks that unlock different, you know, various uh that can potentially be interchangeable for certain amiibo features in the future in games like how cool would it have been if in splatoon one and two it had a trophy system and you got so you got all of them it gave you this one special splatoon trophy that you could then port that into splatoon 2 or splatoon 3 and then it unlocked like an extra thing for that you usually would have to buy an amiibo for for like customizing your gear on the fly that would be a really cool use and innovation on Nintendo's side. It gives you something a little bit more. It's different than what the other platforms are doing. Um, I would love to see a trophy system on Nintendo. There are some times where if a game is multi-plat, I don't pick it up on Nintendo because oh, I like my I like my trophies. Okay. I like my trophies. Um, right. you know, so that you know, for me, it does keep me off of my Switch a little bit more and keeps my Switch playing more focused on um the exclusives um but there are some times where i do just kind of dive right into the switch like the castlevania advanced collection i bought on the switch because i was so used to playing those castlevania games on the ds and the game boy advance that i wanted to keep it in the family so sometimes there are certain series that i do keep it in the family and there's certain ones where i just like you know i want trophies for this so i'm gonna play it over here um but yeah i i think nintendo should do a trophy system okay all right that's why that was a very community focused uh, answer that's why you're the community leader that's right pair think, think look 
I'm inherently pro um, platform level community and social uh, systems and, and gamification like that because you know, not everybody is a multiplayer gamer. Like multiplayer gamers compete with each other. They play with their friends. They kind of, you know, measure their skill levels and, and compare what they've done. Whereas a lot of people who play campaigns, um, they actually get enjoyment out of achievement systems because they can also compare with their friends' scores and they can show, mm -hmm. like, I have, you know, 90% completion on achievements for a game or, or trophies. Um, and I think that's really clever. I, I think there are the caveat that comes with it is that sometimes achievements and trophies gamify things where it's just an investment of time mm. and that's where it becomes a grind right like it when when it's like you know beat 50 uh, uh enemies by tossing them off the edge of a world well that's not for a lot of gamers that's not really fun um whereas like discovering something cool or finding a hidden trophy or achievement by accident can be really rewarding where you go like oh my god i f i can't believe the developer thought of hiding this thing i thought i was the only one to discover it and then that i think that sort of stuff is really can be really creative and really awesome um so i do like having some sort of trophy and achievement uh, system at the platform level i think it's kind of sad that you know sony went with the exact thing that Microsoft created. And so now obviously multi-platform games are offering both on both platforms. And I would love Nintendo to, to do something unique. Um, but yeah, it, it, you know, I think it's rewarding. Um, I, I think it could be tied, like you could even do speed run challenges for a segment of the market where it's like beating the game the fastest way possible. That is very rewarding to certain gamers. Or it could be about, you know, like giving you a gold star um, which Nintendo does in-game, but not at the platform levels when you find all the coins in the game or all the mm -hmm. special stuff. Like, let's not forget, like, Metroid Prime already had, um, mm -hmm. you know, some uh, a kind of built-in oh, achievement yeah. system. It just wasn't shown at the platform level. So, yeah, I'm all for it. Um, if it's used for good. <laughs> okay. No that grinds. Helpful. No grinds. Grind. are dumb. Yeah. Seriously. I, I still think the worst, some of the worst grinds were like the Gears of War achievements where it's like, kill 50,000 people. Like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm like, yes, okay, I can do that. But like, do I want to do that? Like, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not. And yeah, it's not an achievement uh, and nothing to brag about if the only investment is a repetitive, is time to do a repetitive task. But, I mean, getting all yeah. cars in Gran Turismo is a major achievement if you didn't have to pay for it. Right. Okay. <laughs> Kat, what is your uh, stand on Nintendo having achievements? What I'm learning from this is that we need better achievement design in general. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so that that's definitely a good takeaway from this. I'm not an achievement slash trophy hunter. Um, I'm not a completionist at all. I think... Personally, um, often just this notion of trying to get everything almost distorts the experience a bit for me. And I think that's something that maybe was on Nintendo's mind back in the day, even if they're optional. Um, I would be kind of indifferent if they added a trophy system or an achievement system. And I think that they can be a little intrusive. I was watching uh, that video, that B-roll that Red just had, where you had Mega Man and Castlevania and then little cutesy... Uh, trophy unlocks whenever you were doing a thing and i was just like wow that's really distracting actually getting <laughs> the little coins uh i kind of want to just focus on the game uh thank you very much and i don't think that i would add a huge amount 
to my personal experience uh, with it. So I'll say no. Having said that, I actually agree with a lot of points that both Pear and Jada uh, made. Uh, Pear reminding me, for example, that Nintendo has had achievement systems in their games and they've done been done well. For example, Pokemon Black 2 and White 2 had mm-hmm. achievement had an achievement system, and I actually really liked that uh, because Pokemon is such a sprawling game and there's so much to do. It does feel a little more rewarding to be able to do that kind of thing. I also love Jada highlighting the 3D figure thing from Super Smash Brothers Melee. Um, I think I loved that back in the day. I loved going to the mm-hmm. little gotcha machine and filling up the, the big table and the big map. So I think that maybe if Nintendo were to do that, uh, to create a kind of a social element and create more customization on your profile and to have little ach- uh, Nintendo achievement figures as opposed to a, a JPEG that pops up on your profile, that could be actually kind of compelling. Let me build my own Nintendo world. When you finish certain Mm -hmm. games, you can get different set pieces. You build out your own castle, set up your figures everywhere you want. You can set up your own little wars. Like you you can like configure everything out. Like that would be so cool. Like that would be more customization, the better. Yes. Yeah. Like Nintendo, just uh let's do this. Thanks for my answer is not don't do it if you're gonna do it just like Xbox and PlayStation. Do it if you're going to do what Jada just said. And I think that's honestly one of the reasons why we haven't gotten trophies and achievements from Nintendo is that Nintendo doesn't want to be a follower, right? Like yep. it doesn't yeah. want to just replicate the system in order to make it easy for third parties who would love to just use their their systems across platform where they have cross platform games. And Nintendo doesn't think that way. But they, if you go back in time, Nintendo has always focused on rewarding the users for doing something special in the games. There are mm-hmm. sometimes hidden things that are ridiculously deeply hidden in the games where we find out about them years after a game ship. And um, older games, sometimes if you 100% at something, the title screen would change or the ending crawl would have a, yes. thank you for playing my game at the end. Like, right, they had all these kind of special little hidden things if you did something like uh, Metroid. More. I mean, the original Metroid. You finished mm-hmm. it under a certain time. You got to uh, see Samus. Super Mario yeah. World. You finished I, the I'll yeah. all the stars, and then it's but they haven't for some reason. But they haven't done. They haven't brought this to the platform level. And 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 I, if I lament one thing about the Switch, I think the Switch is an awesome console. And I love it dearly, but it's a very generic community. Yes. Right. Like there is no, no like Wii stuff. U was so fun when it turned yes. when you turn it on and you saw all your friends and all of that. And like I mm-hmm. miss Switch feels like such a solitary experience and it doesn't have these sort of reward systems built in. It'd be so cool that if the more games you played, the more your screen would get customized with pieces yeah. from those games. And they they're dabbling in it now with the little icons and things, but it's it's not quite the same yet. Yeah. Uh, I agree. I I'm of the belief well let me say this i have a very wishy-washy answer oh no yeah don't do it hard to believe but uh i you know when we first started this discussion i was like yeah i like achievements achievements are good and then i started thinking about like if i were playing mario odyssey and i was nearing the end and i jumped on a goomba and it said you just squashed your 500th goomba i feel like that would cheapen the entire experience so mm. I don't think Nintendo needs achievements like you were saying, Pear, like they don't need to follow. They don't need to copy somebody else. They they 
there is room for Nintendo to have achievements, but they absolutely, like everyone was saying, they have to be Nintendo-fied. They have to be the little 3D figures or customization options, something like that. I, I don't feel like there's any. I'm losing anything by not having achievements in Nintendo games or at mm-hmm. the at the system level. But on Call of Duty, I I don't. When I was just reviewing it, I did something that was I don't even remember what it was, but it was like hard. Like I, I think I got like a headshot from halfway across the map or just like an incredible shot and i got an achievement and i was like oh, oh like it the game noticed me look at that i done i done did good and that felt nice so. it can it can get really tiresome like i brought up forza horizon 5 as you know it's it is really one of the it's probably the best racing game i've ever played but it's like not only does it have a platform level achievement system it has like in-game like additional achievements of things you can do and some of those are like you know, if you're completionist, they'll make you do things that might not be fun, right? Yes. Like there's one where it's like, mm-hmm. get a skill score of exactly 30,000. And that is not something, <laughs> yeah, that's... that's not something you can engineer. It's not like you can't get uh... better because you're not trying to beat a score. You're trying to hit an exact achievement score and it's completely random. And like that sort of stuff is just, I, f- I find that dumb. I find that annoying because yeah. it's like it keeps you from completing things unless you invest a lot of time experimenting and just, well, you know, BSing around. It's and like, like there's certain games and there's certain games where you can do that to where you go for that specific numbers. But it's there's so many more granular levels where you can kind of customize those things. Like, I think one of the uh, Final Fantasies in the past had like a in-game achievement thing where it's like, Hit somebody for seven seven yes, seven. Yes, uh, fantasy nine. Jump the rope. Yeah, and so times. like, yeah, and it's like you know, uh, there's uh, those RPGs are different because you can kind of drill down like, oh, I can weaken my gear. I can make sure I get it by this level. I can you know go fight one hundred of one hundred nobles were impressed. Yeah, exactly. You know, so like it's those types of things can work in certain games, but I think it has to be again like to Cat's point. We need better achievement and trophy yeah, design like, out there. That that I, as far as I know, that's not like a job title. It's like, oh, I'm the chief mm-hmm. achievement engineer on you know this next game. Like, I think maybe you just get together when the game's done. They're like, ah, oh, crap. Yep, I'm gonna go. Time for me to go update my update my resume. Sorry, pair. Uh, have you to find out this way? I'm gonna go uh, create this position in the Top. industry to to help us all. Oh well, I also think. You know, like hearing you guys talk about it, I think like Nintendo really cares about inclusiveness too, right? Like in the past, mm-hmm. they've they've made things harder for us to do because they were like, well, what if a Splatoon player doesn't want to also play online with a Call of Duty player? And so they created different yeah. namespaces and you had to like, they've made things more difficult because they're so careful. And I do think there are a lot of games where achievements are tied to things that, play to certain niche audiences, right? Like, for example, creation creation of something. Like, designing your own decals and sharing them. And if 100 people upvote them or download them, you get an achievement for it. Like, that is very different from you beating a level in a game or completing something because it hinges upon, you know, your ability to be creative and do things. And not everybody is that, right? And so that's why I think, like, the filling out a board of stamps on what you've achieved in a game to me should be different from like creating something and sharing something. And maybe you get 
you get a title of like you know super creative dude um when you do stuff like that versus right. filling in some sort of um you know some sort of menu of a set achievements like I, I could see Nintendo going down that route. Um, Titles would be fun, right? Any yeah. games that you own, because that's different from like putting a check mark next to something. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, there we've settled it. Yep. Uh, Nintendo doesn't need achievements; they just do need them, but in a different way. Jada <laughs> is leaving us to be the chief achievement engineer right. for all the video games. So yep. thank you, Jada. <laughs> putting You're the welcome. community first. So always. We also have another new segment and this one is a bang 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 it's called rapid rank this is a this is a cat bailey original wow this is where we rank top five x and this week we are ranking as fast as you can the top five sonic friends who are not tails or knuckles sonic friends yes his sonic's friends i will go first <laughs> the top five sonic friends are johnny skunk boy uh, Terry the robot, uh, uh, Lisa the the tailless salamander, and uh, Joey Bat. Did you just make some of those up? I made all of those up because uh, the only one that I know of is Shadow, and everybody knows that Shadow's actually frenemies with Sonic. That is hilarious. I actually, I actually think Cat created this segment just for herself because I <laughs> always felt that Sonic friend characters are the most generic characters maybe rare challenges them where it's like bear the bear and cat the cat and toad the toad but like how do you even remember these characters i just remember miles oh. and knuckles and dr eggman and amy and that's it i mean so, you dr know, eggman you know, is not a friend what? correct an enemy. exactly is an enemy oh but I mean, maybe he's misunderstood hold on but like <laughs> but i mean i mean how do you go wrong you got like big the cat You've got Mighty big. the Armadillo. Hey, and Big the Cat, you know what's special about the cat? It's big. <laughs> oh, well, you know what? But he also likes to fish. He's the fisherman in the group. Oh, like a cat. Really like a cat, I see, yeah. See, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you've got Rouge the Bat. Small the Mouse. <laughs> long, long the Snake. You've got Mighty the Armadillo. Okay, rank them then. Go. Top uh, five. Top five. My top five. Okay, we're going Amy Rose is number one. Okay. If we're going friends, we're going Rouge the Bat at number two. I'm going to do Charmy B at number yeah. three. Vector the Gator at number four. Um, and then, you know what? I'm just going to go that whole team. I'm going to go Echio the, the, the Chameleon at number five. Woo! What about Prickly the Porcupine? Uh, Prickly the Porcupine is not there, sir. And, Sorry. Oh, yeah. Stinky the Skunk. But, and that's just me sticking to games. If I wanted to go outside, I could go like Sally the Squirrel from the, oh, the comics. Oh, famous. If I'm going Deep Cuts. Uh, Those Sonic yeah. Archie comics are kind of kind of enjoyable, actually. Yeah, um, I, I bought a. Stack I believe here. her name was Sally. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure cat. the comments will call me out if I'm wrong. Top five Sonic friends, rapid rank. Let's hear. Oh, uh, I am going with the the Archie comics slash the animated series. So nice. I want to say number one is definitely Princess Sally Acorn. Number two go. is definitely Bunny Rabbit, and then mm. we got to have Shadow the Hedgehog. Of course. Um, oh, Shadow, that... I know Shadow. I thought he there was a go. bad guy. He's a he's a friend of me. Okay. But he has right. a gun. Okay. He's yep. more of a rival. Yeah. More of a rival. Yeah. Friendly rival. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm gonna say Big the Cat. And I'm gonna say Amy Rose at number five. There it uh, is. I accept Amy Rose. <laughs> Top five. I'm I'm not pair, I'm not even gonna ask. <laughs> I'm not like <laughs> Amy Nicole the Hollow Links. I'm looking at the list of characters right now. It's 
<laughs> you could you can't make these up. Bean the dynamite? Are you guys kidding me? Like, seriously, Sega, Sega, come on. You can do better than this. I do like that the fox with the two tails is called nicknamed Tails. I think that was, a, that was a stretch. I know that per hour, yeah. That was a, a, a stretch for the the designers there. Which one is it where at the mm -hmm. end, like Sonic's taking a shower and Tails is just standing there looking at him? What? Did that That's happen? a real thing. I there's don't want to think about this. There's, it's, I don't know why, but at the end credits of a Sonic game, Sonic is just standing in the shower and Tails is just like outside the shower, just staring at him. Does Sonic's wow. human girlfriend count as a, as a character? Because I would maybe put her at number five over Amy. Okay. What is yeah. Sonic's human girlfriend's name? Oh, I don't know. I never played Sonic it's, 06 because uh, I like myself. It's Woman the Human. That's <laughs> Woman Human? <laughs> woman the Human, was yep. It, was it Rebecca? No. I can't remember. I can't remember. Rebecca? Um, I think it was Rebecca, maybe? I'm not up on my Sonic lore enough, apparently. Uh, I, I, Sonic 06, I tried to uh, purge from memory. Is Princess Elise the Third? Oh, okay. oh, she's a princess. She's a princess. Wow. There you go. Sonic I'm putting her at number five. Oh wow! <laughs> Over Amy Rose, you're terrible, Cat. Oh, yeah. You're terrible. Sorry. I get such I a kick terrible. out of people who know Sonic lore. I think I, awesome. I'm honestly amazed you guys knew all of these yeah. off the top of your heads. Yeah. I uh, mean, I, I could keep going. <laughs> I look. I, <laughs> I, I, I enjoy Sonic games, but the characters always struck me as tolerable at best. Jada, is Silver controversial? I thought Silver was controversial. Silver is a bit controversial, but, you know, he's, I don't know, he's there. I think I, I would love to see uh, Jet make a comeback in place of Silver. Jet was the green bird from Sonic Riders, the racing game. Oh. See, I thought Jet maybe was Jet. actually just a Jet. Jet the Hawk. He's green. Oh. So okay. just like I figured, it was a fast bird. That's that's the thing. Very yeah. fast bird. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. What about the walrus from the animated series, who's basically wedged from Final Fantasy VII? Basically. Oh, Tusks the walrus. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly his name. You got it, pair. No, it's not right. No, I don't know. Okay. I don't remember. I haven't watched. I haven't watched the cartoon in so long. I actually need to spend some time with my nephew because literally his whole bedroom is Sonic. Like, that's that awesome. is his life. Aww. Like it makes birthday and christmas shopping easy for me because i just have to like <laughs> like okay i haven't gotten you this sonic thing yet here you go oh so, cute. so. I, I found another one there's boonie de coulette <laughs> bunny bunny de coulette ah the cajun oh it's a french, you know what? a french bunny huh ah you know who i also forgot coulette. i should i should oh. i should put in my list is blaze the cat oh mm. yeah oh. famous blaze the cat blaze or big which one uh, Blaze. Blaze. Let us know in the down. comments. Blaze wins. <laughs> look up Blaze. Blaze Let's go the to the cat. IGN reader poll. Blaze the cat or Big the cat? Let's hear it. Let's see what you guys uh, say in the comments. And the numbers oh. are coming in. Boop, 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 boop. 78% say Blaze the cat. I oh, just that number up. Wow. wow. I had no idea we even had that, te that cat technology. Cat ranking cat. Whoa. Okay. For, for pair. For pair. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the name of one of a Sonic character. Tell me what animal you think it is. Her name well, is, this is Stick. Her name is Sticks. 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 The, like you pick like the, like you the bee. It can't be a beaver, but it'll be a badger then. You got it. It is actually Sticks the badger. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Sticks the badger. That's that impressive. Is, uh, that is very impressive. I guarantee you, they designed it as a beaver, and then Sega America said, no, no, you can't do that. And then they uh, switched it to a badger. 
Wow. You know, you said being the dynamite, and I forgot about being being with Sonic Fighters and Sonic Race, Sonic R Racing, I believe. Mm. Um, is, old school. Is being literally just a stick of dynamite? No, it's a green. I think like Roadrunner. Oh, I think it's what he was supposed to be. Woodpecker. He's a woodpecker. Oh, oh. piloted or uh, I wouldn't have guessed that one. Bean, huh? No, yeah, Bean is a either. woodpecker. Oh, there we are. Sonic Fighters. Yeah. Red's been so many trying levels. to dig up old clips of, of crazy Sonic characters. Oh, there's Bark the the polar bear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right. It looks like a duck or something. No, it's a polar bear. Is it I really? saw him I saw him while Googling. Oh, okay. Yep. I was like, wow. Bark the polar bear. Yep. That was a fun segment, and I'm glad that we had two Sonic uh, Friends experts on to make this like way I, more exciting. I, as usual, Jada has me beat on this one. I learned a lot. I did too. I played a lot of Sonic growing up, and I still do. Frontiers is next week. Yeah, that's true. Ooh, are you going to play on Switch or another platform? Another platform. Ah, uh, see, me too. Oh, okay. She's playing on Switch. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean... I mean I, I, I honestly don't think the Switch could hold Sonic back more than Sonic holds itself back at times. So, you know. <laughs> Interesting. We'll see how Frontiers shapes out, though. Yeah. I'm cautiously optimistic on That's Sonic Frontiers. That's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm at. I feel like, I feel like the, the classic levels we know about are going to be a lot of fun. But the open, open zone gameplay, I think it's going to be chaotic. And Sonic 06 at worst. And Sonic, I don't know what whether it's 3D Sonic, um, Sonic Adventure 2. I don't know. No, not Sonic Adventure 2, because Sonic Adventure 2 is fire. Um, I would say <laughs> <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe like Sonic Colors at best. Okay, maybe if it's actually okay, it could be really good Twitch streaming because you could see <gasps> oh, people pulling yeah. off some really amazing moves on that open world. Yeah, or it yeah. could be really buggy, and then it'll make for some great donkey, donkey videos. Also, yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, we have real quick. We'll do. We've already done some questions, basically from Question Block. But uh, real quick, Corey Hurst asks: Do you think Nintendo is done with its mini consoles like the NES or SNES Classic Editions? What are the odds we could see an N sixty four Classic or Game Boy Classic? Cat, real quick, what do you think? Are we getting uh, small versions of those? I think that's over. Nintendo experimented with it, had some fun. They released uh, the Game & Watches from Mario and Zelda. They also did that. Um, there were rumors of an N64 Mini actually in development, but it sounds like maybe Nintendo's, I think, had some emulation troubles and it's shown yeah. on the Nintendo Switch as well. And so there's a decent chance that at a certain point Nintendo said it's not worth it and decided yeah. to can the N64 Mini. I'd rather have a GameCube Mini myself, but that's mm-hmm. just me. I mean, or a Game Boy Mini, that'd be fun. That would be very cool as well. Pear, what do you think? Are, are we done with the mini consoles? No, I think from, I, from I disagree with my esteemed colleague here. I, I I do think that we'll get a Game Boy micro console because it's cheap. Um, and they've been dabbling with, and the N64 is more expensive. It is more difficult to pull off an N64 standalone console. Now, obviously, we we just got the Genesis Mini 2 just came out, right? But that step to 3D... It needs more processing power. It needs more storage power. Everything gets more expensive. And then, you know, you're kind of knocking at 100 bucks plus, which I don't think Nintendo wants to do for these micro consoles. They'd rather take you 300 something for the, the Switch. But Game Boy, 
they've been um cranking out these game and watch units and uh obviously that's you know they're, they're single game machines i could see them add a couple more bucks to it and do a um and and and, and do a game boy collection I, I think Game Boy will inevitably come. There's no smooth anniversary coming around, right? When, when it come out, like 1989 or something, the original? Yes. But maybe there's a Game Boy Advance uh, anniversary edition that we could be seeing or something. Hopefully the anniversary edition should have happened last year because that was the 20th. Yep. All right. All right. Well, maybe oh, they'll that, just have to wait till 25. We're never getting that one. Jada, what do you wait. think real quick? Are uh, we going to get I... any more mini consoles? I think we're done, but if we do get one, I want the Game Boy Micro Mini. Oh, oh. Micro Mini. <laughs> the size of a micro at, SD card. And Red is already predicting me. Wow, like me Red. And Red are That's on incredible. Shows, we're on yeah. shows too much that Red knows my brain. Red was so good. Yeah. Radioactive spider. Yeah. I agree with you. I, th I didn't think of that, Jada. That's brilliant. The Game Boy Micro is such a cool little machine. And if they could ship it with 20 games built in at a decent price, the Micro did not have a decent price. That'd be so freaking cool. Yeah. And a smaller screen. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to say I don't think that Nintendo's going to make any more because the NSO expansion is seems to be lucrative enough for them. And yep. uh, that's where we're going to get all our games going forward. And besides, the, the M2 stuff that is being done with the Genesis and the TurboGrafx is so much better than the Nintendo ones anyway. Nintendo, uh, get with them too if you are going to put one out. But that is all the time we have for this week's NVC. Follow us on Twitter at NVC Podcast. Submit your question block questions to NVC at IGN.com with the subject line question block. Jada, thank you for joining us this week. I also want to thank Red on the ones and twos. Most of all, I want to thank you all for hanging out with us. And remember, Nintendo Voice Chat is the only place where you can get the thing. Get the thing. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.